Welcome back to another episode of The Dad Who Dabs. I am your host, The Diligent Dabber. I am a cannabis enthusiast, patient, and product reviewer, and this is my weekly podcast where I kind of just talk about cannabis news, dad life, and whatever else comes to mind while I do some dabs. First, I wanted to start off with a little story about an interview that I did yesterday for uh, the All About Nothing podcast. Uh, Barrett Gruber interviewed me, and it was a great talk. We talked for about an hour, ranging from legalization to patient usage and every different thing about cannabis legalization and all the different aspects of trying to find what the market wants. Barrett and I talked about it for like an hour, and it was a great conversation. Uh, If you want to go check it out, search for the All About Nothing podcast wherever podcasts are found. I'm pretty sure it's on Apple it's on Spotify, it's everywhere you can find podcasts. And I wanted to thank Barrett again for the opportunity to spread my message around. And basically it was just me trying to talk about how I want to change the perception of cannabis and terpenes and people's personal experience and what people should be searching for when they go to the store to buy weed or just in general about their basic cannabis use. What should they be trying to achieve from using their weed? And that should be the focal point of how you find your product and how you search for whatever you're going to buy. Always think about what you're going to be doing when you smoke, because that can change what kind of weed you get. That was always something that I would talk about with customers in the dispensary when they would come in. A lot of times it was older people, a lot of people over 50 and they hadn't smoked weed for a long time. So it was cool to talk to those people and get their perspective on how things used to be and how much it was really looked down on and how people would judge you so much for it. And I experienced that a little bit when I was growing up, but nowhere near how bad it could have been when like your entire community would ostracize you for smoking weed. It was just crazy to hear some of these stories from older people and hearing them want to try weed after 30 years of not smoking or eating edibles or anything it was such a cool experience to be part of their growth and like part of their journey on learning about weed it was such a cool opportunity and i loved introducing people like that to cannabis again it was just like you can fall in love with this beautiful plant in a way you never even thought about because when you first used it it was probably more in a social setting probably more with your friends and it was never really about self-discovery or self-exploration or really to enhance the enjoyment of everyday life it was just more of a party thing where you're hanging out with your friends having a good time and it enhances enjoyment of life in that way But it's very introspective as well. You can really look deep inside yourself with cannabis and learn more about yourself as a person and what your goals really are and what you really want to accomplish in life. And that was kind of where I would always try to come from. I would always ask, what do you want to be doing when you're smoking your weed or when you're taking your tincture or when you're eating your edible, when you're hitting your vape? What activity do you want to be doing? That is going to drastically change how you make your choice of what you want to buy, whether it's because of convenience of having a tincture instead of smoking, whether it's having a joint because it's a nicer place to smoke when you're on a hike or something like that. And you just like the ritual of smoking something while you're doing a physical activity, because that's always nice, too. I've had almost every single hike I've ever gone on end up turning into just a reason to go into the woods to smoke a joint or smoke a blunt just because it's nice to go smoke in nature it's beautiful and you start appreciating nature so much more and start appreciating the outdoors so much more so i have always tried to come to the cannabis experience with that in mind and push that to people where you really got to care about what you're putting into your body especially when you care about what you're going to be doing when you put it into your body do you want to just roll the dice and hope for the best some people do some people don't care they just want to get whatever's going to get them the highest 
Unfortunately, that ends up being the highest THC strain sometimes in butt tenders minds. And I don't always agree with that. I feel like if I personally have smoked a strain and I noticed that it was a wonderful, creative high, but very relaxing and mellow, I'm not gonna suggest it to somebody who wants to go out on a crazy, energizing, adventurous day. I'm not gonna suggest it to somebody who wants to go out and do something that is going to be the polar opposite of what I've experienced it does. And not every bud tender thinks like that. So it was a great talk. If you want to check out the All About Nothing podcast, it's a great show. It's three friends just kind of talking about whatever, talking about news, politics, sports. It's a great time. So check it out. All right, guys, before we get started, let's do a dab and Mrs. Dabber's piece. So I just had to get up and get this torch because I totally forgot I was on the other side of the room. So now I can start this dab away from the microphone. Hope you guys are smoking along, dabbing along, vaping along, getting some cannabinoids nice and deep into your lungs because these are going to be deep into mine. Just dabbing on some diamonds today. Unsure of the strain, but smells wonderful. Very lemon limey, very piney. So we shall see how it treats me. Cheers. On to our first story. Nearly 100 medical cannabis products have been recalled in Oklahoma. Let's see what the hell's going on. The Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, OMMA, on Monday issued a recall for 99 medical cannabis products, according to an agency notice. The recall coincides with the suspension of Scale Laboratories' license by the State Commissioner of Health for violating OMMA rules. We are first and foremost concerned about the health, safety, and welfare of patients who might consume harmful marijuana products. Let this serve as a warning to any license attempting to skirt state laws. We work diligently behind the scenes to find and take down the bad actors within this industry. And that was the director of the OMMA. In a statement, during inspections at scale in April, state agents found numerous rule violations, including falsely passing 138 samples for mold and yeast, nine for aspergillus, five for E. coli, and one for salmonella. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. So they didn't even run the tests? Pass, 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 pass. Probably has mold, probably has E. coli, probably has fucking salmonella in your weed. And they're just passing it. I'm telling you guys, there's a lot more fucking shady backroom deals going on in the cannabis world than you would ever fucking imagine. And that's the legal cannabis world. This is the fucking legal guys pulling all these tricks and bullshit schemes to get around the rules. All right. Other strikes include improper procedures and record keeping for pesticide and heavy metal testing, manipulating records and deviation from the company's standard operation procedures, the alert notes. If you're engaging in actions that threaten the health and safety of Oklahomans, you won't get away with it, Barry said. Our inspection teams are working across the state to keep Oklahomans safe by identifying problems and gathering the necessary evidence to help shut down bad actors that choose to break the law. Last Thursday, OMMA contacted 33 businesses about the 99 recalled products. OMMA rules insist producers then contact dispensaries where the contaminated products were sold, who then must contact patients who purchased the products. OMMA said that patients should contact dispensaries for questions and return recalled products to the point of purchase. A list of the recalled products can be found on OMMA's website. That's just crazy, man, that almost a hundred fucking products got into the stores and got into people's hands at the point of sale 
that literally were just not even tested for some of the most toxic shit you can imagine. Holy shit, guys. I don't want to smoke mold. I don't want to smoke E. coli. I don't want to smoke salmonella. I don't want that. And we have the testing in place to fucking ensure that that shouldn't happen. And these fucking dispensaries and bullshit growers don't give a fuck. This just seems like more carelessness and bullshit from big companies that don't really care about the consumers, guys. These big dispensaries, these multi-state dispensaries, it's sad. Most of them don't give a fuck. There are the few exceptions, and it seems like cookies might be one of the very, very few exceptions that from state to state, it's been pretty fucking good. Except for that case in Colorado a few years ago when a shitload of cookies bud had mold too and was getting sold. So it's sad when even like something that should be the one of the penultimate brands of like statewide and countrywide cannabis is still fucking up in one of its franchises. It's just sad. It's really weird to know that the only way you can possibly be sure that your weed isn't contaminated is by getting it from someone who grew it themselves. Getting it from a friend who grew it themselves and you know what went into it. You know if they used any fucking pesticides or anything. You know if they even use nutrients, which a lot of people don't even fucking use nutrients. So... It seems to be much safer, a much better alternative to get your weed from a trusted friend than it seems to even be getting it from a dispensary. The, the one thing that the dispensaries are supposed to be good for is testing your weed. And if they're not even fucking testing the products, what the hell are we doing, guys? Why are we even doing this? It's sad. And this isn't every single lab. This is just the one lab that they're talking about in this particular state. But it just, it's just indicative of a larger problem because I've heard of dispensaries doing that in my state. I've heard of dispensaries sending products to different labs and when they don't get the product that the results that they want for that product, they just send it to a different lab. And they stop going to that lab that gave them low results. So if you're that lab that's giving low results constantly and you have no business ethics, you're just going to start approving every single fucking sample that comes through and lying about what it's testing at. That just seems like a fucking very common sense, logical solution for a person who doesn't give a fuck about quality. That's that's what every scam artist would do. They wouldn't give a shit about selling you a subpar product. It's literally snake oil. They could sell you fucking 7% THC bud for 30% prices and they wouldn't care. They don't give a fuck. It's just sad, man. It's just sad. So I don't know about you, but if you live in Oklahoma, I would be very weary of any products that I bought from a dispensary anytime recently. And I, it just makes me very disheartened and sad for the state of labs if some labs are going to be doing shit like this. It just sucks. Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. Is this standard practice where you come from? Are there constantly recalls happening in your state for the legal cannabis market where there really shouldn't be? Let me know your thoughts. On to the next story. Weed joke on Jeopardy triggers viewers. Let's see what's happening on Jeopardy with a weed joke. All right, a harmless cannabis joke is at the center of controversy after fans reacted to commentary on a recent Jeopardy episode. The show is often the topic of bizarre controversies affecting its older viewership, seemingly invented out of nothing. Jeopardy host Mayim Bialik already faced a steep battle to be accepted by fans. For instance, Bialik was confronted on social media earlier for wearing the same outfit repeatedly on the show. Who gives a fuck? 
Following the 2020 death of beloved longtime host Alex Trebek, Bialik was selected to host the game show and to co-host another version of the show with series champ Ken Jennings. Jennings won 74 consecutive episodes of the show, the longest streak the show has ever seen. Nearly every show host has faced uphill odds trying to fill the shoes of Trebek. What's the weed joke, guys? Current contestant Bonnie Kistler, who is a novelist, chose the category Ripped from the Headlines for 400 on the May 24th episode of Jeopardy! broadcast as Season 38, Episode 182. Jesus Christ! So many fucking seasons and so many episodes. Contestants were confronted with the phrase, Marijuana issues sent to this committee generally composed of members of both houses of legislature. <laughs> the joint committee. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, that's fucking hilarious. That's a great little subtle wee joke that you got to think about for a second. Oh, that's funny. Contestant Ryan Long, who is the current reigning champion of the show, guessed, what is a bipartisan committee? But he guessed incorrectly. Long is a rideshare driver by trade and won 12 episodes of the show in a row, undefeated. Jeopardy co-host Bialik said the correct answer was, what is a joint committee? Bialik added, get it, with a snicker, referring to the double meaning and drawing some guarded laughter from the crowd. Oh, boo-hoo, they're mad because they fucking didn't get the joke. Even the slightest allusion to the devil's lettuce is enough to stir controversy on the, uh, uh, to the show's fans who are typically older in age. In 2011, Newsweek reported that the show's median viewership was 65 years old. After the show spent years modernizing, before then, the median viewer age was 70 years old. Phew. I used to watch Jeopardy as a kid. Am I a fucking old man? Holy shit. I guess I guess that's why I was more mature as a kid than I ever, ever saw anybody else being. I used to watch Jeopardy every night and fucking try to answer the questions on it. Who wants to be a millionaire? All those shows. It's not the first time the joke about joint committees has appeared. In 2015, Massachusetts Senate President Stanley Rosenberg brought up a legislative item on cannabis reform and noted that it would take place in joint committees. Rosenberg said, that's really funny. I didn't try to be funny. They are called joint committees. Well-timed joke from the universe. Don't even question it. That was perfectly timed. While the joke was well-received by most viewers, some Twitter users weren't having it, slamming the show as well as Bialik, who wasn't being easily accepted anyways. So they hated, joke. they hated the joke because they hate the guy. That sucks. Fans already begged Bialik to be considerate of the kids regarding adult themes. One user responded, noticing how alcohol is more dangerous than cannabis. Ignorant jokes like yours don't help. The late former show host Alex Trebek could toss around a joke or two about cannabis as well. When interviewed by Marlon Stowe for the Daily Beast, Trebek uh, recalled one time he got wasted on hash edibles Woo! good job alex trebek i didn't expect that from you by taking one too many of them by accident we all know how that can play out it was by accident i didn't know what they were trebek said i had just arrived in california and went to a friend's house for dinner and there were brownies i love brownies i'm a chocoholic and i didn't realize that they were hash brownies and whoa they threw me for a loop i took down about half a dozen Fans of the show are urged to give Bialik a chance as the new show host along with Jennings and any other new hosts. I think people are fucking overreacting and I think that the response was actually more comedic than anything else because people were mostly making jokes about how stupid it was that anybody would get outraged by this at all. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. What a great joke for the writers to just throw in not even think about it, not think it's gonna be anything, and then it just makes everyone laugh. Even the people that weren't thinking about laughing, it says there was guarded laughter, which means that they were trying to hold back that they wanted to laugh. That's a great, 
funny, unexpected joke, and that you really have to think about that doesn't just come right away. It was clever. It was very clever, Jeopardy writers. I think that was a great weed reference. We need to start doing stuff like this anyway. Make marijuana normal. We have to start normalizing weed. That's why I love when shows throw in a random fucking episode about like a character eating too many edibles. They did it on Bob's Burgers. They do it on so many fucking different shows where a character will mistakenly take a weed edible. They did it on Blackish with Junior eating a bunch of fucking laced THC potato chips. It was, it's always a funny look into how the show perceives marijuana because they can either go in the direction of oh you're gonna ruin your life if you keep doing stuff like this or they can play it off and be humorous about it and say oh that was pretty fun and unexpected wasn't it don't do that all the time i think the latter is the more appropriate way to perceive the joke so let me know what you guys think down in the comments i think this was a really funny joke well timed well placed unexpected from a fucking academic show like jeopardy so I like it. I like it a lot. I think more shows should start doing stuff like this. On to the next story. Japan wants to legalize medical marijuana and criminalize recreational marijuana. What the fuck is the point? Seven countries are leading the way in thriving economies. Additionally, these countries have also adopted some form of cannabis legalization, be it recreational or medicinal. Canada, the United States, Germany, Italy, France, and the United Kingdom, and Japan. That said, Japan is the only country out of these seven that still has a federal and regional ban on all cannabis products. This includes medicinal use, personal cultivation, etc. In some recent exciting news, the Asahi Shimbun reports that Japan's health ministry looks to legalize medical marijuana. Off to a good start. So far seems pretty good, but the headline did not bode well for what the fuck is coming next. While that's a huge win for patients in Japan, recreational users shouldn't sigh with relief. The health ministry is loosening laws around medical cannabis while tightening laws around recreational use. Japan hopes to introduce a new legal provision that would criminalize recreational use. The initial meeting went down on May 25th, and the main goal was to legalize medical cannabis for patients with refractory epilepsy. That's great, but it's only one treatment that it well, that's only one thing that it can help with. I don't fucking understand limiting it so much. It's ridiculous. Under Japan's cannabis control law that went into effect in 1948, anyone in the country is prohibited from using the spikes, leaves, roots, and ungrown stock of the cannabis plant. The recent meeting looked to dismantle that law for medical purposes only. The health ministry understands that these parts of the plant contain THC, CBD, and other minor cannabinoids. Instead of banning the plant parts mentioned above, the health ministry wants to ban specific cannabis-derived substances. That would give medical and this would give medical and therapeutic laboratories more leeway to explore the plant's healing benefits for medicinal purposes. This all sounds great, but it's still limiting it to the fact that no one can grow it or use it for anything other than what the fucking government wants it for. That's too totalitarian for me, man. I don't like that shit. That's you can use it this way as long as we say it's okay. But don't ever use it this way because it might be better than the way we say you can use it. What the fuck? What a stupid way to think. The Japanese health ministry is worried that widespread medical use will increase recreational use. What a tragedy that would be. I love that the writer of this article is just as sarcastic as I would be. Regardless, people are still importing cannabis substances overseas into Japan, most of which contain THC. Yep, they always will if you just make it legal. For this reason, the panel will hold future discussions regarding a new provision for the cannabis control law. The new provision would criminalize recreational use and penalize those who use it. However, some medical experts propose that treatment for cannabis addiction may be more beneficial than punishing repeat offenders. 
medical cannabis addiction cannabis cannabis addiction okay however uh, we're not sure if japan will loosen medical laws and tighten recreational ones however we should expect to have an answer come the ministry's draft proposal this summer this is just like fucking thailand all over again guys just send the fucking plants to everybody's house and then still make it illegal what the fuck's the point they say they're gonna only leave it for only hey let's see they want to ban specific cannabis derived substances does that mean weed butter does that mean infused oil does that mean concentrates dabs does that mean hash which is another kind of concentrated fucking version of thc does that mean just high thc bud again why even decriminalize it or make it medical and then go after the recreational people that are using it all you're doing when you do that is enhancing the fucking illegal market this just seems like bullshit guys why even fight to make it legal at all if you're not gonna fight to make it legal for every single citizen why can some citizens have it and other citizens can't yeah, sure, you're saying it's a medicine, but it's been proven time and time again to be one of the safest substances you could ever ingest. So there's still all this red tape and gray area nonsense about weed when it's never proven to be harmful in any way except for the in the fact that it's probably going to give you the munchies. It's probably going to make you fucking super into whatever movie you're watching. It's probably going to make you appreciate whatever song you're listening to way more. That's kind of the only detriment. You'll focus way better on things that you that you like, and you'll be able to do things that you don't like even easier. If you want to wash the dishes, fucking smoke a bowl and then go wash the dishes. Or have a bowl waiting for yourself after you do the dishes. Have a little fucking reward for yourself to, hey, I did something good today. I'm gonna fucking smoke a bowl. Because there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. People get prescribed anti-anxiety medication that can fundamentally change their lives and ruin who they are as a person. Smoking weed doesn't do that. It doesn't do that unless you already, unless you already have the, the proclivity to have an addictive personality. There's nothing negative that weed is gonna do to you because even having an addictive personality, that can go hand in hand with anything. It can be online gambling. It can be fucking playing video games. It can be smoking cigarettes. It can be watching the same shows every day. It can be listening to the same music every day. Like, if you already are predisposed to having an addictive personality and then all you do is go hard and fucking smoke all day, every day, you're tricking yourself into thinking that you need weed. Take a day off, take a fucking half a day off. Smoke in the morning and then don't smoke till the night. I don't know, like there's, there's different ways to enjoy cannabis. And let me know what you guys think down in the comments about this story, because I just think it's silly to, it's silly to have a double standard. It doesn't make any sense to me. All right, on to the next story. Connecticut governor signs legislation cracking down on cannabis gifting. The new law allows communities in Connecticut to punish individuals with a fee of up to $1,000 for the practice of giving a gift. Watch out for fucking Christmas time. You might get a bill for thousands and thousands of dollars for all the gifts you give to your family. Holy shit. 
Another state with legal weed is cracking down on unregulated cannabis retailers. This time, it is lawmakers in Connecticut who are taking the practice of gifting through which illicit weed shops sell a product, say a t-shirt, that comes with a cannabis gift. Entrepreneurs. Now under a bill signed into law last week by the state's Democratic governor, Ned Lamont, that loophole could be tightening up. According to the Connecticut Post, cities in the state can now fine residents up to $1,000 for gifting a cannabis plant or other cannabis-related product to another individual in exchange for any kind of donation, including an admission fee or as part of any giveaway, such as a swag bag. While the state itself can also separately issue $1,000 fines for failing to pay sales taxes. Gifting has become a go-to practice for marijuana retailers who haven't gone through the proper regulatory channels to obtain a license or who operate in states where cannabis is legal for adults, but the regulated market has not yet launched. I've been to a bunch of these events, guys. I've been to a bunch of these parties. They are the future. Like it or not. Like it or not, these events are never going to go away. People are always going to want to go to a local fucking party with vendors that they can keep buying from over and over again and get to know with products that they can get familiar with and like that they don't have to pay ridiculous prices for. That is never going to change. It's never going to stop, guys. And the fact that people are going back to the old system of basically bartering. Hey, I'm going to buy this product for this and you give me this for it. Yeah, it's still a transaction. It just doesn't have to be a transaction where the state or the government has to know anything about it because it's not really a transaction. It's a gift. I give you one thing, you gift me another. There's no transaction there. There's no business. There's no fucking like... That's the whole thing. There's no real business happening there. It's not an LLC that's selling you a product. It's not an incorporated entity that's selling you a good or service. It's just two people trading things. Like it or not, those parties are never going to stop. And they are a great time. Usually you'll find like four, five, six, fucking seven vendors selling their own 10 probably different strains that they grew most of the time or at least know the person that grew it and it's only one degree removed from, hey, that my buddy grows this and it's fucking awesome and he can tell you all about it. I'll get his number and now you can text him and ask him everything about it. Follow his Instagram. That's the way business is going to be done in the future, guys. I'm... Uh, Dispensaries are going to have to get on board and somehow play into this whole like way that things are moving or it's not going to fucking ever work for them. And it's probably going to happen with dispensaries doing stuff like block parties and sales and discount days and stuff. But I just don't understand. It's just cracking down on freedom, cracking down on people's ability to just fucking give each other things. Oh, that's sad. The Associated Press reported that unregulated cannabis bazaars have cropped up in Connecticut since the drug was legalized last year, and thousands of people have attended the events, often paying a fee to be admitted, and exchanged cannabis-related products for other items or received them along with the purchase of an item such as a t-shirt. In New York, where adult-use cannabis has been legal since March of last year, regulators have targeted businesses that have purportedly taken part in gifting. 
warning them that the legal retail market does not officially begin until later this year. The New York Office of Cannabis Management sent cease and desist letters in March to a number of businesses it suspected of employing the practice, saying that continuing to do so could jeopardize their prospects for retail licenses. Just fucking keep threatening all the little guys. Wow, okay. New York State is building a legal regulated cannabis market that will ensure products are tested and safe for consumers while providing opportunities for those from communities most impacted by the overcriminalization of the cannabis prohibition and illegal operations undermine our ability to do that. We encourage New Yorkers to not partake in illicit sales where products may not be safe and we will continue to work to ensure that New Yorkers have a pathway to sell legally in the new industry. And in Washington DC where voters approved a ballot initiative legalizing recreational pot in 2014. Medical cannabis suppliers have, have objected to the practice of gifting, arguing that the illicit businesses are hurting their own legal operations. Then make the legal operations make more sense. Make the legal operations more appealing. Make the legal operations more desirable to the consumer. Or you can't fucking blame them for going somewhere else. Despite cannabis's legal status in the nation's capital, weed sales remain illegal due to an ongoing congressional ban on the commercialization of pot there. The bill designed to crack down on gifting in Connecticut was proposed earlier this year. While the measure had support among some cannabis business owners in the state, other weed advocates objected. Wonderful. Business people who engage in gifting have also defended the practice. I do not deserve to be punished for this, nor does anyone else, Justin Welch, a member of the CT Cannabis Warriors and the New England Craft Cannabis Alliance, said in defense of the practice at the time of the bill's introduction. For too long now, good people have been persecuted for their involvement with cannabis. The grassroots cannabis community that exists here in Connecticut will not cease to exist, whether you pass this bill or not. <laughs> My fucking words exactly. Moving forward, we need sensible cannabis policy that looks more like a craft beer policy. Ig fucking exactly. This guy knows what he's talking about. If we just treat it like beer, it will be fine. We don't need to tax it out the ass. Guys, regular state tax in my state is around 6%. The weed tax is fucking 20%. You go buy $100 worth of weed in a dispensary, you're paying $120. No other market is so fucking ridiculous with its own special taxes on this particular product. It's, it's stupid. It's outdated. Yeah, sure, it brings a lot of money to the state, but then people are just going to stop going to dispensaries. And that's something I've been noticing is happening. It's a trend that people are just not going to dispensaries as often as they used to. Every dispensary parking lot I ever pass is empty. One or two cars, maybe. The customer base has dropped by half. And it's, it's hard to keep building that market because you have to care about the area that you're in. And most dispensaries don't care. You have to care about the area that you're in and building up that market and building those relationships with those people. But unfortunately, if you're going to get cheaper weed somewhere, if you're going to get cheaper weed somewhere else, bye bud tender. I'll see you later, man. I'm going to go get my ounce for 120 bucks at this show instead of 360 that it would be here with tax. It's not even fucking comparable. The only difference is that the stuff is tested and supposed to be regulated and it's really sad when you can't even rely on that a lot of the time. MCR Labs is one different as one different kind of lab because they have shown themselves to be very thorough with their testing. 
very stringent with everything that they test for. They test for so many different kinds of molds and bacteria and spores and and they even they even let people that aren't dispensaries go and get products tested there, which is fucking awesome. I can't even imagine if other states do that or not, but I've never heard of a state doing that. Letting regular people, I can make weed brownies and bring them to that lab, get a piece tested if I pay for it and see how much fucking house, how much THC is in it. What a great fucking like service that's available to the regular people, the regular consumer out there who wants to grow their own weed and get it tested. That's going to be how everything is in the future. And you, we have to get these labs that are reputable and we have to keep tabs on what the fuck they're doing and have third parties check them. Because if we don't, it's never going to be good. It's always going to be shady and it's always going to be weird. What do you guys think about this down in the comments? Do you guys think that gifting should be illegal? Do you think that gifting should be a crime? Do you think that gifting is bad? Do you think it's good? Let me know. What do you guys think down in the comments? On to the next story. Cannabis seems to be outselling Starbucks. That's right, guys. Weed is more popular than coffee, and I fucking love it. I, I have always liked weed more than coffee. It's always been my wake and bake thing, guys. I before every job I worked, I'd I've I would smoke a blunt in the morning. I would smoke a bowl or a joint or a or hit a vaporizer in the morning. That's always been my routine. My routine sometimes has been coffee, but not always. I haven't drank coffee in the past like two weeks. I think I got coffee last week, maybe. Once in the week, it's just not something I run to like most people do. I don't need a fucking venti mochaccino to get my day started. I'll smoke a bowl of some fucking gelato. You know what I mean? Like I'll smoke a bowl of some fucking Stardog. Something awesome and wonderful. According to MJ Biz Daily, legal recreational cannabis sales in the United States reached $24.5 billion in 2021. That same year, medical marijuana brought in $27 billion. Starbucks only raked in $20.5 billion. So not only did both recreational and medical sales outpace Starbucks when combined, no, outpace Starbucks, but when combined, they doubled the coffee brand's sales. Hallelujah. Like what a fucking turning point in our country. We're finally spending more money on weed than on fucking novelty coffee. If you drink Starbucks, that's cool. Never been my thing. I don't get the appeal of it. I don't want to drink expensive coffee. I'll go buy coffee for a dollar if I'm even going to buy it. And I understand some people are about coffee the way I am with weed. So if that's who you are and you love coffee and you look into the different fucking kinds of coffee that there are, that's great. I just don't feel comfortable paying so much for coffee. I'd rather pay a lot for weed. I'd rather pay money for good quality weed. So this, this doesn't surprise me, but I would have never imagined that this is a thing right now. It's even more surprising to believe that a federally illegal drug is pulling in more money than an iconic company like Starbucks. There are a few reasons cannabis is outselling the giant coffee brand. For one thing, most of us were struggling throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Our mental health went through the ringer. For that reason, people began looking at cannabis as a substance that's beneficial for both good times and bad. When you're down in the dumps, cannabis can get you back on your feet, and when you're on your feet, why not make those times even better with weed? Perfectly, perfectly worded. 
Throughout the pandemic, cannabis consumers proved that weed is essential, and this is especially true for medical patients. Additionally, there's more than just one reason why people use cannabis. We all drink coffee for the same reasons, to wake up and satisfy our cravings. But cannabis can be used to treat mental illness, relieve physical conditions, enhance social settings, meditate and reflect, lift the mood, and many other reasons. With these explanations in mind, it's starting to make sense why legal US cannabis is outselling the world's largest coffee retailer. And what does that tell us? The cannabis industry will never stop growing. If it's already pulling in $40 billion while still being illegal, we can only imagine the economic gains once federal legalization takes place. We have to do that, we have to legalize it federally, and we have to just decriminalize it completely for things to actually make sense in this fucking country. Because we can't just keep having states that some some don't sell weed, some do sell weed, but the main fucking government body says none of you guys can sell weed. It's too confusing. It's fucking archaic. It's so out of date. It doesn't make sense. And all we're going to keep doing by having the only legal cannabis markets be very strict and like overregulated to the point where companies are going to start lying and people are going to start going to weed parties to get bud for cheaper. We have to do something to get the black market weed out of the picture. If there was a way for companies to buy weed from a small grower who was not licensed or didn't have to go through the thousands of dollars of paperwork and through the procedures and applications to become licensed to grow, what if you just went through monthly checks? by somebody who came and checked on your grow to make sure you're doing shit right? What if you had to fill out application paperwork for free, but with proof of what you're doing and your growing standards? Because then anyone can grow weed in their fucking house and sell it to a dispensary and have a boutique, small batch, fucking awesome brand of weed for themselves. Man, I think that's how things should be. You should be able to just, if you're a dispensary, to buy a couple pounds from the guy next door who's growing fucking fire bud, who's growing beautiful buds that could rival anything on a fucking High Times magazine. There are those growers in every single town. There are incredible growers in every single city, every town. They just don't always have the means or the illegal ability to get their bud out there. And all you're doing by not letting them easily enter the market and go through all these standard checks and stuff is just perpetuating the black market and pushing customers to that market. What a waste. What a waste of potential. And we should just have a standard flat rate. Maybe 10%. Maybe 10%. 20% fucking ridiculous. Oh my god. What a way to deter people from buying weed and weed products in general. I wouldn't want to buy something for 40 bucks and pay 48. That's bullshit. Nope, no thanks. I'm good. I'll go somewhere. I'll, I'll go to my friend's house who has something very, very similar who's, that he's tested it and probably smoked it for the past two months and can tell me how good it is and how he felt from it. I'm going to go get that stuff because it's half the price. Guys, all we're doing is pushing people away from dispensaries by only focusing on how strict everything has to be legally. There should be standards and practices, yes. But when those standards and practices deter anyone who isn't a fucking multi-million dollar company or who doesn't have 20,000 extra dollars to throw around, you're missing out on so much potential of growers who are way better, 
than any of the fucking growers in legal cannabis right now. You're missing the chance on honing in those skills and paying that person because they don't have the money to even get a license for you to even see them in as, a, as an appropriate option to get stuff from, as a legal option to get stuff from. They're never going to have the chance. I've seen some independent growers that are better than half of the products in the dispensary that I saw, and I got their product fresh and wonderfully still sticky, but dry enough to where you could smoke it and it wasn't harsh, and it was beautiful. But almost every single time I get bud from a dispensary, it's over dried. Fucking garbage. It's been like... Oh, you can look at the dates of when your weed was packed. A lot of the weed in dispensaries was packed months ago. Was packed almost la was packed last year even sometimes. Depending on how long cuz they have a year that they can sell the weed in. I don't want to get 11 month old weed. A lot of times those companies don't even put in any little humidity packs to keep the integrity of the bud as much as possible while it's still in a little container drying out more and more and more. And people just don't think about that. Most people just buy the shitty weed, think it's good because the price they paid for it, smoke it, feel kind of okay, and think that this is the best of all possible worlds. When their next when their next door neighbor probably has weed that he bought from a friend that grew it, that's twice as fucking funky and beautiful looking and crystally, and it's gonna hit you way harder. Oh man. So this is just this is crazy. So what do you guys think about this? I love that weed is finally outselling coffee. It's just, it, that's only legal cannabis sales. Imagine how big it could be if like there were no illegal sales, if everything could be a legal sale. Like, oh my God, that'd be great. People are never gonna stop wanting to get weed for cheap. They're never gonna stop wanting to see what their neighbors in town or locally or from a couple towns over are growing. They're never gonna wanna stop going to these cool events where you get swag and fucking free stuff and it's a whole fun time. That's part of the draw of it. It's a whole event. You're having fun, you're fucking playing bingo sometimes to win weed shit. Like, it's a great time, it's fun. People are smoking freely, music's playing, everyone's chilling, there's food. Like, what? A, it's a stoner's fucking paradise. So, that's the thing that they're trying to fucking crack down on? For what? To let all these multi-million dollar weed companies fucking come in and pretend that they give a shit about you? Just so you can pay their $50 an eighth with 20 fucking percent sales tax? Yeah, they'll have a block party with a food truck that they fucking rented and paid because they just think that they're gonna get money from you. They don't really care about you. It sucks, but they don't really care about you. The people that run these smaller events usually give a shit because it's their friends that are coming or their neighbors or people in the same social circles that they run in that they want to keep happy. So they're not going to let it fucking be a bad time. They're not going to let it get fucked up and be with full of assholes that ruin it for everybody else. They're going to try to keep the peace and make it a great time for everyone. And it's always been fun every time I go. Man, it just sucks. Like... So, oh, so let me just, uh, last tangent, because this is going to be the last thought before I stop the show. Um, let me do a dab before I do this. Again, I hope you guys are smoking along, dabbing along, vaping along, getting some cannabinoids nice and deep into your lungs, because these are going to be deep into mine. Smoking some more, dabbing some more diamonds. Finishing this episode off right, I'm going to talk about my little 
fucking edible experience than I had. It was just fucking nuts. So guys, I made a video where I ate 300 milligrams of edibles a little while ago. And cheers. I hope you guys are enjoying vicariously through my fucking ASMR dab noises because I know whenever I was dry, didn't have any weed, I'd be watching YouTube videos about people fucking smoking weed and shit just to enjoy it vicariously through them. So edibles. I made a video that you guys are going to see soon that it has me in it not realizing how fucking stoned I was going to get. And it was a fucking crazy time. I feel better now, clearly. But like, in the moment, I lost control of my fucking faculties. And I had to, like, there's a little in-between scene that I recorded between the two parts of me taking it and coming back to tell about my uh, results and my feelings and my review of it. And God, it was hard to even hold my composure just to record a little fucking in-between video of saying, hey guys, I'm gonna be recording soon and I'm getting very stoned. And I just started losing my shit. So look for that video soon, guys, because it's two polar opposite versions of me. Skip between like one minute of it and like five minutes of it. And my eyes go from normal to fucking like squinty and me laughing and losing control of my face and like, it's just, it was hard to even maintain myself. It was really fucking hard. So, oh guys, so look out for that. It was for an edible called Space Cubes. So, oh holy shit, that was a fun time. So do edibles affect you? What do edibles do to you? Like what kind of edibles do you like? Gummies, fucking brownies, like do you like getting tinctures and just like putting it into a drink or something and enjoying it that way? And if you don't get affected by edibles, you could just be one of the percentage of people that just don't get affected by them. And it sucks. I never used to believe that was a thing. But biologically, there's just a small percentage of people that don't have the enzyme required to process THC into 11-hydroxy-THC in their liver. So they physically, literally cannot get high from edibles. Some people just have high tolerances. Don't let that fool you either. If you've ever felt anything at all from edibles, even if it was like a little bit of a buzz, don't worry. Just eat a shitload more and you will feel something. But if you're the kind of person that has felt nothing anytime you've eaten edibles and you know for a fact that they had something in them, like 100%, like you bought it from a dispensary or something and you ate them all and nothing, you could just be one of those people that doesn't get affected by them. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But you just got to enjoy cannabis other ways. Do some dabs. Get wrecked off of dabs. That'll be pretty nice. Holy shit. Just so tell me, can you guys get affected by edibles? What do you guys think about them? Is that your least favorite way to ingest? Is it your favorite way to ingest? Is it not even something you do? Is it something you've never even tried because you were too worried about it? But I love the episodes of TV shows where characters fucking get wrecked on edibles. It's so funny because... Like I said before, it shows how the writers think about weed, and if they talk about it in a negative way and like say it's going to ruin your life, it's because the writers really don't feel... It's because the writers don't like weed. It's because that's just how they feel, and they're trying to show everybody that it's bad. But on the other hand, a lot of times, they show you how fun it is, and how silly you get, and how ridiculous of a situation it is to be in, to, like, to eat edibles and not realize it. Basically, you're getting high for free.
Think about it that way, man. Sure, it can feel like you're getting really sick sometimes. Like, if you really get dosed with edibles and you had no idea you were gonna be fucking high today or you don't even know what that experience feels like, you're just gonna feel like you're getting really, really, really sick. You're just gonna feel like you're getting really sick really fast and you're not gonna understand why. You're gonna feel dizzy and your body's gonna feel all loose and like you're gonna feel like you don't have control of your thoughts and like, it feels like you're losing it. So don't fucking like sneakily dose people with edibles. Maybe five milligrams, maybe like five milligrams or 2.5. Don't dose people with edibles a lot. You can dose them a little bit, but it sucks when it's overwhelming. It sucks when it's overwhelming. And the thing you can do if it gets too overwhelming is you can actually chew on some peppercorns because that's something that has a lot of karyophyllene in it. And that actually kind of cancels out and balances your high. So you won't feel as ridiculously overwhelmed and stoned as you did before because your brain has something else to focus on. It has an overload of a totally different terpene that's trying to fucking figure out what to do with that. Because pepper is a very strong flavor if you're chewing on it. And your brain just kind of has to like refocus on that for a second. And it helps people feel less high. Or take a nice shower or take a nice warm bath. Just chill, because if you get too stoned, all you gotta do is make yourself as comfortable as possible, and then you will see how fucking awesome it is. Then you will see the benefits of it. Ugh, it's a great time. So, alright guys, I'm gonna wrap this up. Thanks for watching. I am the Diligent Dabber, the dad who dabs. Follow me on YouTube, follow me on Spotify, uh, check out where anywhere podcasts are found. I'm trying to get it onto Apple Music right now, just having fucking issues with that. So if anybody can help me with that, it's just a fucking nightmare trying to connect my account because I've never had an Apple account. I've always had Android. So it's fucking strange to, all right, I want to share my podcast this way, but this seems to be the only outlet I can't share it to and nothing seems to work and everything says my Apple ID is inactivated. But when I called Apple, it said it, they said it was. I don't understand. So listen to this podcast on YouTube or on Spotify or a couple other places. It's on Stitcher. But I appreciate you guys listening, hanging out with me for this whole time. I hope this episode wasn't too long for some people. It's a little bit longer than my other episodes. But I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. I have been the Diligent Dabber and take it easy.